Welcome. Thank you for listening to Spiritual Living with author and teacher Francois Feinberg. May the message you're about to hear earnestly touch your heart and may it encourage you in your ongoing love of God the Father, your enjoyment of the Lord Jesus Christ, and your fellowship in both the Holy Spirit and the body of Christ. There was a wonderful brother by the name of Dallas Willard that made a remarkable statement at one time. And he said that God remains humanity's greatest disappointment. That is, so many of us, even though we are even Christians, we are still so disappointed with God. He just, in a way, doesn't quite fit the mold of what I think a God should be all about. In other words, I have made God into a certain image. I've put a certain expectancy upon God. And when God doesn't show up or show off or explain himself, this was Dallas Willard's point, I pick up an offense with God. John the Baptizer at one time was stuck in prison and nearing his own execution. And he sent some disciples out to Christ and asked the Lord, are you the Messiah? Are you really the one that's going to deliver us from all of the dictators and the oppressors of life? Are you the one that's going to liberate and free and, and give meaning to life? Are you the one that, that's going to heal us and even set us free from prison? The disciples came to the Lord and the Lord said, well, I am the one. The blind see, the deaf hear, the dead are raised and go tell John the baptizer. Blessed is the man who is not offended with me. Blessed is the man who's not disappointed with God when he doesn't come to rescue you from prison, when he doesn't show up and show off the way you expect him to. I certainly identify with that difficult statement, God is humanity's greatest disappointment. But as I've lived with my Lord and as I've walked with God, there are so many instances where he didn't answer me, where he didn't show up and show off a certain way that I, I desperately needed him to. I guess in the early years of my life, I would get offended at God or disappointed with God. But in my older years of walking with the Lord, I have learned to be okay with mystery. I've learned to, to lean into faith and to trust God. I certainly don't understand. And I would love an explanation. That, that would make my day. I'm certainly not going to Google an explanation, but I'm just going to keep my faith, keep my trust in God. And when I don't understand the ways of God or the hand of God in my life, I have learned by the Holy Spirit to trust the character of God, the intentions of God, and the heart of God. Beloved, in this very short message, I want to bring to your attention the biggest blunder that I am often guilty of 
in my walk with God, particularly in those early years of knowing my Lord. I would get so offended. I would get so disappointed with God. And then I presume to become the interrogator of God. I want to talk to you about spiritual growth. And if you want to mature in your walk with God and, as it were, maintain your fire in God, then one of the things that you will have to stop doing, and I'm still guilty of this by and large, but I've, I've really learned to, to lean into trust more than into interrogating God. Often I presume that I'm a lawyer. God is the guilty one because he did not show up and show off as I needed him to. And so I'm going to cross-examine God. I'm going to interrogate God. And as you will hear in this message, when you presume to be the accuser of God or the interrogator of God, in that moment, your vibrancy, your vitality, your fire in God, your walk with God in that moment will just fall flat and you will sink into despondency and despair. And as Dallas Willard has said at one time, you will pick up offense and disappointment with God. Listen closely to this message. The heart of the message is really to stay humble before God, meek, gentle, and tender. And it's okay to say, Lord, I'm hurting. Lord, I am confused. Lord, I don't understand. But I trust you. I trust your heart. I trust your character. I hope this message encourages you to not become an interrogator of God, but to stay the lover of God instead. This is something that I tried in the early years of my Christian life. It didn't work. And lo and behold, coming to America, just about every person that I have walked the journey with, this is the biggest cause of their spiritual life falling flat. The biggest cause for their frustration with God. And therefore, it is point number one. And it's a negative point in order to accomplish a positive thing. And it's simply this. Do not interrogate God. In other words, do not put God on the stand. I did this as a young person. Why? Because I live from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So in life, I experience good and I experience evil. And guess what? I want the knowledge thereof. Tell me how to do better. Tell me why did the bad happen to me? When you are locked up in that matrix, what you're really after is not loving God. You're not really after knowing God. You want knowledge of what is good versus evil. And you think that by understanding how to do good and why did bad happen, you think that by clearing up the knowledge aspect of all of this, somehow you and God will have a better relationship. It does not work. 
it will not work. Even if God were to give you all knowledge which he has, he's given you already so much knowledge in the word of God. And yet it will not satisfy you. You're going to find a loophole somewhere. Knowledge is not your greatest need. But you and I, living still in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we're not living in grace. We think God owes me an explanation. And so for most of us, our spiritual life revolves around God somehow needing to answer all of our questions. And have you noticed? He doesn't. After five or ten years of interrogating God, hopefully you and I will clue in it's not the way to walk with God. Did you... Notice in the Old Testament, God's name is I am, not I'll explain. That's me being goofy. But whatever you need from God is not knowledge. You just need his presence. And if God in his wisdom thinks you need knowledge, he'll give it to you. But his presence is there. And just having God is riches enough. No explanation is, is going to satisfy you. So I just want you all to know, God's name is, I am with you, not I'll explain to you. God does not respond well to interrogation when he is somehow the guilty party and I take the place of a judge and accuse him and cross-examine him and put God on trial. We have a book in the Bible that actually does that, and it's called the book of Job. As far as historians can tell, it's perhaps the earliest writing that we have within the biblical narrative. And what is it about? It is about a catastrophe that befalls a man. And in that catastrophe, there's mystery. There's the inexplicable. Bottom line is, Job experiences good versus evil. And the entire book for 37 chapters is an attempt by Job and his friends to gain the knowledge of what is good versus evil. And if you notice the entire book, they ask questions. At one time, I had a particular Bible, and I just went and highlighted every question mark. Every single line in that book is almost a question. And it represents mankind in mystery so well. Why? When? How? Why didn't? When will you? And, and Job experienced that. And it's really remarkable how they interrogate one another and they interrogate God and they interpret God and they explain. And it's all by way of question mark, question mark, question mark. Beloved, question marks breed confusion. And by the end of the book of Job, Job and his uh, uh, friends are so in, in a funk, in confusion. And by the way, that happened in the Garden of Eden. Do you know that the first time God spoke in the book of Genesis, God spoke by way of a commandment. Let there be... Let there be light. It was very emphatic. It was by way of a commandment. Do you know that the first time Satan spoke, it was by way of a question mark? Did God indeed say? And there's the satanic. 
to question, to question, to question. God just spoke, light be, and light was. God did not ask the light, um, hey, do you feel like separating from the darkness? And this is how I've come to know God. He just speaks, and it is. But the satanic is to question, to figure it out, to question, to question. And when man bit into the satanic question, eventually Satan began to speak with emphasis. And he said, you will not die. And man begins to believe Satan's emphasis more than God's emphasis. The book of Job is a book where they put God on trial. And they interrogate God. They interrogate one another. And if you read uh, Job, you'll get just one idea from it. Everybody is in confusion about this catastrophe that befell um, Job. But if you come to chapters 38, all the way to the end of the narrative to chapter 42, you'll see that God actually puts Job on trial. It seems that God does not respond well to our interrogation. Go read Job 38, read Job 39, 40, 41 and 42. You get the idea that God was livid. How dare we put almighty, everlasting, uncreated God on the stand? And he begins to belittle Job and he asks him, where were you? When I laid the foundation, where were you? In other words, who is the clay to say to the potter? It's the other way around. The potter is sovereign over the clay. In my experience, beloved, God responds very, very well to us being meek and gentle with humility and grace. He responds well to you in brokenness. He responds well to just uh, soft gentleness. So take care of that disposition in your own being and you'll attract God to your being. God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the, to the humble. Explanation is not your greatest need before God. For those who have faith, no explanation is necessary. For those without faith, no explanation is enough. You'll see that as you grow spiritually, you'll care less and less about knowledge. You care more and more about faith. And faith trumps explanation. But I do tell you, if you are not a person of faith, no amount of explanation will satisfy you. Faith is of the spirit. Explanation is of the soul. And if you want to walk with God... We have to learn to let go of our solical, interrogatory approach to God uh, with the knowledge of good and evil. We have to learn to come 
into faith and into our spirit. The last point here is that God remains humanity's greatest disappointment to those who cannot live by faith in this tension of mystery. For the remainder of your earthly life and for the remainder of your walk with God, there will be a lot of mystery. You're going to experience mystery where God will not answer you. There will be no explanation. There will be only this tension of mystery. And in that tension of mystery, you have two responses. Number one, interrogate God and try to wring from Him some kind of an answer, an explanation. And I want to tell you that if you set out on a spiritual growth journey to, to, to just get information from God, you fall dismally short of what the gospel is all about. But you will experience tension. You'll experience the inexplicable. That's just par for the course. Amen? So, there are a lot of things that God explained to us. There is a lot of revelation God has given to us. Focus on that. Take a hold of what is concrete and let go of mystery. And beloved, stop asking questions as to why my parents, why my teacher, uh, why this socioeconomic status, why am I a male, why am I a female? Have you noticed that nobody has a testimony where God cleared that up for them? You do not hear people that say, well, I fasted and I prayed and God explained to me exactly how the earth began exactly how the earth is going to conclude. God explained to me exactly how my life is going to unfold. There's no person on the planet that has ever had such a testimony. Do you know what the saints testify of? Even though I don't see, even though I don't understand, His grace has kept me. He has been faithful. That's the testimony of the saints, not one of a Google where everything is clearly mapped out and the bullets completely align. None of us have such a testimony. We live in mystery. And that's why you need faith. Faith is the only antidote for this life of mystery. Faith can even be a mustard seed. Faith can be even something so small and it can grow within us. Faith is very much a living thing within us that can actually be fed, that can be uh, stirred, it can grow. So yes, you have faith or you don't, but even when you do have faith, you can have it in a very minuscule way and you can have it in a profound way.